Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast, brought to you by the Association of Texas Professional Educators and covering the hottest topics on Texas educators' minds today. Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast. My name is David George, and I serve as the editor for ATPE News Magazine. Today, we're going to be discussing the upcoming legislative special session, specifically what the special session will likely include, what educators can expect, and what you can do to be involved. We're joined today by ATPE lobbyist Trisha Cave, and we're excited to have you back on the podcast. Thanks so much. With the 88th regular legislative session ending months ago and a special session beginning soon, which education issues were addressed in that regular session and how? Well, first, there was once again a focus on culture war issues, and what I mean by that is issues that really didn't have a lot of basis in reality in terms of what is happening in our actual classrooms. Not very many of them passed, but there was a lot of effort to put, to put forth legislation for things like putting a Ten Commandments in every classroom, um, putting the founding documents in the front of every school building, things like that. As I said, many of those bills did not end up passing, um, but that, that was a major focus of the legislative session. The other things that did not pass, that desperately needed to pass, were things like school funding, things like teacher pay raises, reform for the STAR test, things that we desperately, desperately need, but unfortunately couldn't get across the finish line. What were some of the bills ATPE testified on this session? I'm going to focus on two. Um, I'm going to start with HB 1605, and if you don't know what this is, you will very soon. Um, we focused, so the bill itself, basically what it does is it, it's optional for districts to adopt, adopt a curriculum and teach it and have the teachers teach it to the students. It would be a curriculum that's approved by the state, and then this, the school district would get a stipend for teachers to teach it to their students. It would be kind of a canned curriculum. So 1605 passed at the end of session, and we focused our testimony on this bill on what teachers mean when they say that they need more time. So what I mean by that is teachers aren't saying when they say that they need more time that they don't want to plan engaging lessons for their kids, that they don't enjoy trying to come up with fun ideas and ways to make their kids interested in learning. I know for me, as a former teacher, some of the best times that I had in my classroom involved lessons where I took interests that I knew my kids were involved in, and I turned it into a lesson. Or I would do simulations and we would throw things around the room. Those are things that really were the best parts of my experience. And I know for my kids, they've told me to this day that that was the best part of their experience. So by creating a canned curriculum, Again, it's optional. Teachers do not have to do it. But what is going to happen is the districts are required, um, if the districts adopt it to get the stipend that is offered with it, then unfortunately what is likely to happen is districts are going to pass that along to their teachers. And whether the teacher really wants to or not, they're going to be required to teach it. So again, optional but really not. Um, the second thing I would really like to talk about is the school safety legislation, uh, specifically HB3. 
which was an omnibus school safety bill. And I want to give a shout out to Mark. Mark re worked really hard on that all session. Um, he testified in front of both the House and the Senate and worked very hard to make sure that teachers, for example, would not be required to carry weapons on campus um, and ensure that there was proper funding for that bill. We didn't get nearly as much as we would like, but we got more than what we thought originally. Um, the bill became a much better bill as the session went on and we had a victory in that teachers are not required to carry weapons. We do have to have armed security, but it's not required that that be a teacher. So tell me more about ATPE's victories this session. There were several. Um, the big one, of course, is that we ended the session without a voucher. However, we also got school safety legislation through HB3. We got reduced accelerated instruction with HB 1416, um, which reduced accelerated instruction burdens caused by last, ses last session's HB 4545. And we got a much needed COLA for our retired teachers and an extra check for them as well. Uh, the Speaker of the House appointed a select committee to study education issues over the summer. What was the result of that committee's hearings? Yes, so they, they had a couple of hearings in July and they were asked to study three things. One was vouchers, the second one was improving student outcomes, and the third was testing and accountability. Um, when the committee report was released at the end of August, they were very careful to not take a side on the voucher issue and to basically say, if it's passed, it should be limited, it should be small. And the reason why that was done is because the House does not have an appetite for passing a voucher. So by limiting it, they're hoping to attract more people to it. Um, it also recommended raising the basic allotment and giving teachers a pay raise. And they recommended that we follow the recommendations of the Teacher Vacancy Task Force, which re released their report in February, with regard to recruitment and retention. Not a single one of those recommendations were made law this session. With the House and Senate at odds, what does that mean for the work of the committee and their recommendations? So the House and the Senate have been at odds for most of this session. Um, this was really obvious, particularly at the end of session, when we couldn't get a, a deal done on property taxes and had to be called back into two special sessions. That said, they did eventually get a property tax bill over the finish line. Um, with the House and the Senate's relationship at an all-time low, it is much more unlikely that either chamber, that both chambers will be able to pass a bill that they can agree to together. Um, Sub-members of the committee will still try to draft a compromise bill that uses teacher pay or education fun funding to incentivize members to vote for a limited voucher. It is extremely important that we do not fall for that messaging and that we demand standalone bills on pay raises and funding from our legislators. Why is Governor Abbott planning to call this special session and what can we expect? So Governor Abbott has stated that his main purpose in calling this special session is a voucher. That is what he wants. And so what he wants to do in order to get that to happen is like I said earlier, it's very likely that it will be tied to a pay raise and school funding in a, in a big omnibus bill. But those are there only as bargaining chips to get him what he ultimately wants, which is a voucher. So 
It is very important to note that the pay raises that were offered this session in a couple of bills in um, HB 100 and SB 9 were very small. HB 100s was based on step increases and they would only be at years five and 10. And SB 9s was a one-time bonus of $2,000. That is a slap in the face to every educator in this state. They deserve better. And that's not enough for us to trade away our future with a voucher. Absolutely. Has the governor indicated what he will be willing to accept in terms of a voucher? So during the session, the governor had a rally in favor of SB 8, which was the Senate's major voucher bill uh, filed by Chairman Brandon Creighton, and it contained an $8,000 voucher. Um, the bill passed the Senate, and then it was stalled in the House until almost the end of session, when at the very last minute, in an effort to try to get a voucher passed, the House Public Education Committee revived it, made it 80 pages, crammed a bunch of other things into it, and then tried to call a late night committee meeting to jam it through. Luckily, thank goodness for Ernest Bales, Ernest Bales on the floor of the House stopped that from occurring and kept them from meeting that day. And then over the weekend before the actual hearing that following Monday, the governor threatened to veto that bill. It wasn't strong enough for him. So he indicated that he wants a very strong voucher program and not really a compromise watered down bill. During the summer, however, he did indicate that he might be willing to accept a bill that looks a little bit more like what HB 100 looked like at the end of session. And what I mean by that is HB 100 was a funding bill. It was not originally a voucher bill. When it went to the Senate, the Senate tacked a voucher into it and then sent it back to the House. Representative Ken King, who was the author of that bill, had to kill his own bill to prevent a voucher from passing. Um, it's very likely that the governor has somewhat lowered his expectations in order to be able to declare a victory if there is a compromise reach on, reached on a voucher. He seems to think that tying the voucher to teacher pay and school funding is a winning combination that will make it more palatable to the House members. It's very important that we tell our legislators that we do not want a short-term, likely one-time stipend in exchange for a long-term voucher that will harm our public schools. What other education issues are we likely to see addressed in the special session? There are a few. Um, first, starting with testing and accountability, there were several bills filed in the regular session to reform the STAR test, um, some to lower the number of tests that would be required to be taken. Some of them would have made it through your testing where you had several smaller tests throughout the year. There were also some movements to reform the A through F accountability system. In addition, like I said, school funding and teacher pay, neither of those things made it over the finish line. That is likely, once again, to look like what HB 100 looked like at the end of session and likely tied to a voucher. Additionally, there were some things on educator recruitment and retention, um, things to incentivize teachers to come back into the profession, ways that we can ease the burden for teachers that are coming in, and ways we can ease burdens for teachers who are already in the classroom. None of those things pass, but it's very likely we'll see those things thrown into a bill during the special. And what's the likelihood that we get any of those things without a voucher? It's zero. Um, we are not going to get anything we want without a voucher. They are going to bundle these things together in one omnibus bill. 
That is why it's very important to stress when we talk to our lawmakers that we do not want any of this if it comes with a voucher. So bring us back for a second. How did we get out of the regular session without a voucher? We have a group of Democrat lawmakers and rural Republican lawmakers that banded together um, and stopped it from happening. That coalition was able to have enough votes to keep a voucher off of the floor. And then the test votes we had, such as the Herrero Amendment, it was shown once again that the House does not have an appetite for a voucher. So especially two men I want to single out and thank for this. One of them is Ernest Bales. Ernest Bales stopped SB8 from moving forward in the House and it is because of him that that bill did not pass and so I'm very grateful to him and I'm sure all of our members are very grateful to him. And Ken King, like I mentioned earlier, had to kill his own bill to keep a voucher from passing. So both of those men demonstrated a lot of courage and, and um, conviction in getting those bills killed so that we did not end up with a voucher. So like you said, the Texas legislature, particularly the Texas House, has historically been unwilling to pass a voucher. Where does that, or I should say, where do the politics stand as we head into the special session? Well, the Senate's going to be the Senate. We know that they will pass a voucher quickly and easily. There won't be a lot of discussion. The lieutenant governor will make sure that he has the votes on the floor. The House, however, is more of a question mark. Right now, it does not seem that the governor has the votes that he needs, and I think the governor knows that. Um, so the governor has promised at this point to call another special session if, this one get, if we get out of this one without a voucher. And then if that doesn't work, he has threatened to target the members who do not vote for a voucher in our primary in March. Wow. How can educators engage with their elected officials on this issue? First of all, it is very important to support those who have supported us, especially the Republican, rural Republican 24 who have risked a lot politically to stand with us on an issue that they believe in. They're going to need our help in their upcoming campaigns. With regard to the special session, there is a few things that we can do. One is call your legislators and encourage them to vote against a voucher and to sponsor standalone bills on school funding and teacher pay. Some legislators are claiming that they're not hearing from teachers, so this is especially important. They are going to listen to the voices that they hear. Of course, there's also Teach the Vote following that and making sure that you are keeping up to date with what is happening in the news and our Advocacy Central campaigns. You can go on Advocacy Central right now and log on, and there are several voucher campaigns there that you can take part in and send messages to your lawmakers. So it's very important to do that. Texans for Public Education is hosting a rally opposing voucher legislation at the state capitol on Saturday, October the 7th. What do our members need to know? We want to encourage our members to join with our allies in the public education community and participate in the rally on October 7th. It is a Saturday intentionally to make it easier for educators to come. So please come and bring signs, bring your lawn chairs, bring water, wear comfy clothes, and help us make our voices heard. Tricia, thank you so much for all your insight on this important topic. As always, if you have any questions or feedback, you can send those to com at atpe.org. That's C-O-M-M -M at atpe.org. And we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well as leave us a review. 
So thanks again for being here and we'll see you next time on the ATPE podcast. Thanks for listening to the ATPE podcast. For more information about becoming part of Texas's largest community of educators, please visit atpe.org.